You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm one of the hosts of this wonderful show. And joining me for a midweek show, it doesn't usually happen to the Alden listeners out there, but because the Pacers played their first game and lost, is Mr. Tony East. Tony, you're at the game. Give me your most surprising thing that happened. My most surprising thing that happened at the game? Yeah. The whole game? A game, before the game, after the game. You were there the whole, you were at the whole stadium. You were <laughs> I the was. Practice. I was there the whole time. The most surprising thing that happened uh, is that Goga did not play. I think okay. I think that's a, maybe a good living off point. Um, yeah, I, I kind of intended that. Be, <laughs> not really. Um, but, yeah, that's my most surprising thing. McMillan said before this game, so we'll go a little broader. Pacers lose 110-119 to the Pistons. Um, they looked fine. The Pistons looked way better. Drummond was amazing. McMillan said before the game that his second unit is not set, uh, and that was super obvious. They put oh, yeah. 11 guys, and it was not the same rotation first half, second half, and Goga was not one of the 11 guys. I was pretty surprised to see that, especially because Leaf got in there, and Leaf wasn't even the backup four. They had Justin Hott to be the backup four, and Leaf was still over Goga. So I was pretty surprised with, with that. Right, so they staggered Turner's most enough where they both played center the entire time, right? Yeah, they combined for uh, 73 64. minutes. Yeah, no, 74 a, minutes. Or 74, whatever. yeah, you're right. Whatever, same thing. They played a lot of time. And they both did really well, um, I think. But, yeah, they, they decided – I can't – so McMillan's quote before the game was basically like, we'll play it game by game to see what's good, what, we, what can get a rhythm. But I also think he's testing things like, okay, we can't have – like Goga got killed by Carl Anthony Towns, right? So I think they thought, okay, Drummond is too good to, to play him. Let's just have one of our good centers out there all the time today. Yeah, and Drummond uh, played 41 minutes, so he played the entire yeah, game. he was – we'll talk about him later. I'm sure he was ridiculously good in this game. But I think – yeah, I think they just wanted to stagger the centers because Drummond, A, played 41 minutes and was out there the whole time, and B, was really good. And they just needed to try to win that center matchup because one of their best stretches was when Drummond was out mid-third quarter, the last time he was out in the whole game, I believe. And they had Morris and Thon Maker as their 4-5, the Pistons did, and Sabonis and Turner were both in. And they did a great job in that little stretch before Dre came back in. Yeah, can I tell you my most surprising thing? Uh, yeah, sure. I think it was Sumner was the first guy off the bench. Oh, I was not surprised by that. That happened in the preseason. Yeah, I guess I was surprised that. He... And I'm the biggest Sumner fan on the planet. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think, to me, it was surprising that. I mean, I guess you can call him the sixth man then, right on the team. Oh the yeah, yeah. For now, I mean, until they comes back, of course. But yeah, that's true. I guess they have two halves too because Sumner first half was awesome, zipping around, getting to the basket, making these back-to-back crazy steals. He had the dunk, and then in the second half, he was just kind of there. You know, he's still a ball of energy, this young dude. But I think in the second half, because of Sabonis' foul trouble, they kind of threw him in with the starters and stuff, and he just wasn't as good. Yeah, did you know he was a minus 23? Yeah, he, he kept playing with Kennard, and Kennard was like a plus 20. Yeah. And those were the only two guys that had – I mean – Single game plus minus is junk for like an actual player evaluation, yes, but yeah, it was, it was funny. No, no, no. I mean, I think it's funny in the story of this game that he is Sumner actually played well, but the times he was out there was with Kennard, and Kennard also played well. So those guys just matched up in the plus minus category. Yeah, I mean, I think I was surprised one that he came off as kind of the sixth man. I guess I maybe expected Holloway to be the first guy off, but that's the way Holloway played. I'm not surprised, but Sumner also he looked so good in that first, let's say three to five minute stretch that they really so good. He just like it, it seemed like they just kind of went away. Like 
you could tell this was a team where there was not a lot of chemistry and guys were trying to get theirs because normally if you've got a team with a lot of good veterans on it that play together, they just try to feed the hot hand or try to get the guy who's not on the court normally evolved. But he sort of just was like, because he's not the dominant player, not the big name guy, he wasn't really getting any of the shots. Even though I thought he probably should have gotten some more because he seemed like he was one of the – he had the matchup a lot of the time, it felt like, in my opinion. I mean, especially if Kennard was guarding him on one end of times or you had what Brown was on him occasionally too. So, Yeah, Bruce Brown – is awesome on defense, by the way. Was he? But was he guarding Sumner? Was he guarding? He was for a little bit. He's also did a good job on pretty much everybody in the starting groups that he was on. I'm trying to think who else was like Gennard was. I mean, I feel like there was Gennard's deep was bad. They were picking on him quite a bit. Yeah, but it, it to me it just felt like that Sumner was on a kind of. He felt like at the start he was on a like a a faster plane than everybody else. It felt like at times. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was so weird. Well, you could feel he's cut back from his knee injury. Like, you could feel like this is like what you would have gotten two years ago if he didn't tear his ACL. So, Adam, we have currently talked about uh, a guy that's played 21 minutes and a guy that played zero minutes. Let's talk about some starters here because they all played a lot of minutes. And yes. some, of, some of them, in fact, most of them played pretty well. So, if, I mean, okay, Adam. Hypothetically, I tell you before this game starts, okay, that Brogdon gives you 22 and 11 and Turbonis combines for 52 points. And 22 rebounds. You would say for sure this team wins, right? No, because the bench probably sucked. The bench did terrible in this game, yeah. Um, <laughs> this might so be Brogdon a- played, played pretty well. Um, I thought the only thing he didn't do well was he was having trouble getting to the basket. And when he did, he wouldn't give up the ball in time. But his outside shot was there. He was killer from the free throw line He when he did get to the basket and get fouled. And he was distributing. He was way better than any point guard they've had over the last uh, like decade. So... That was a pleasant surprise. I really enjoyed watching him. And his defense in the second half was awesome on Reggie Jackson. Yeah, to me, I think the biggest thing that went against him today was that you could tell players didn't know how to play off him because he would kind of go to the rim, I think, not really looking to shoot. And then he'd be in a position where, like, people would cut the wrong way or they would not be in their position. So then he had to, like, basically take these weird layups or whatnot or, like, one time he threw the ball out of bounds trying to get around a dude. Like, because Barnes is not super – fast right he doesn't have like this like amazing right. first step speed but he has his ability because of his length and size to like kind of get to the rim and draw defenders in because he looks like he's gonna get a somewhat floating shot and kick it out to somebody but nobody on the offense seemed to be in the right spots for him that will get better over time i hope but i mean i thought overall right i mean he just did 11 free throws i mean that's that's unheard of for a pacer player i feel like and he 11 assists too i mean that's darren collison level and he's a guy who has significantly better defense than Collison. So, like, that's a huge plus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really enjoyed uh, the performance he had, and I, I think he fit pretty well with everybody. And uh, his locker room quote, Adam, you ready for the, the consummate professional quote Malcolm Brogdon gave? I'm so ready for some Russell Wilson level talk. <laughs> Someone said, uh, Brogdon, can you take away any positives from this game? He said, yes. Now we have some adversity we can fight through as a team. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> um. But I think I think we're bearing the lead here, though. I mean, you said it a little bit, but the 52 points from oh my gosh, bonus is got to be just like Ooh. their offense. 20 for 30 shooting, they were both just beasts. I mean, I don't know if this will hold, but Turner, he's been working on his offensive game. It looks Ooh. like to me. he's oh got my. he he. Okay, I'm stealing this from I don't know who. I heard this term way more this summer than I had in the past. People started calling players like two dribble players, three dribble players. You know. Okay. Um, which basically means what it says, like you can score or create after two dribbles or, you know, or only one or zero in some players' cases. Turner's not really been a two or three dribble player, right? He's a play finisher who occasionally bursts to the rim. 
he had some two and three dribble moves in this game, and he had some nasty moves on a, specifically a step back three I was thinking of. Um, yeah, his offense looks, looked in this game. I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's the first game of the season. But his offense did definitely look more refined in this game than it has in, uh, in past seasons. He, he looked more confident with the ball in his hands than I've ever seen. He was making quick decisions, which I think I've never seen him make with the ball in his hands, yeah. except for, like, the occasional time. I mean, it, it just – Was it you? Someone tweeted that at me. They said it looks like he knows what, what he wants to do before he gets the ball instead of right when he gets the ball. I didn't tweet that at you, but I, that's a, good, it's a very I good – I thought it was well phrased. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I mean how much does he turn at the ball and take a second to process, and then by the time he does, the whole play is broken down. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if even did, with so that that one at the end when he missed the corner three, and then the ball came back out to my thought, he made a great move to get back to bonus the bonus in his freaking way. Yeah, he just got ran into his own teammate. But yeah, the bonus just didn't get out of the way. Turner had that a was zero step beat, and his bonus was standing right where you're where Turner wanted to be. That was a great play. He spaced out to the corner, had the open three miss, got his own rebound, and then realized that the closeout was coming and made a great two dribble move to the basket, and then ran into his own teammate. Yeah, I mean, to me, one of the point, one of the plays that I mean, it's just it's so small, but like. When he got the ball in the corner, I think one of the first few plays of the game, he kicked it immediately out to the that guy as he wanted to get the ball kicked around. I mean, just yeah. things were like he didn't even wasn't he didn't even think. He just said, "I'm with the ball, kick it out," because I know the I know Lamb is sitting there open. Like he, that's things that I just we really hadn't seen before, and we saw him cut out those kind of twenty foot jumpers. I mean, I, don't, I mean, he took seven threes, which is probably one of his career highs, if not up, not his, if not his career high in attempts per game for three. Made yeah. a very good four four of them. Um, that that forest type for his most makes in a game. Okay. I mean, he just – I don't know how to put it except that he – if we're looking for Turner to make a leap, like we've all been wanting for probably three seasons now, give or take, if this Turner shows up every night, he's an all-star and probably one of the best 25 players in the league. So Sabonis – let's do Sabonis now. I agree with a lot of that. Sabonis, Sabonis also – Sabonis game. Is that fair to say? Sabonis was also very good. But it was a game, uh, I've seen this game from before multiple times. 27-13 from Sabonis. Jared Wade put it, put it tremendously. Somehow Sabonis lost weight and gained muscle, and so now he's just extra bouncy and can get whatever shot he wants. Uh, yeah, he looked great. He was doing everything in the post. Jeff Siegel tweeted this, and it was kind of a slide at Miles Turner, but also a good point of emphasis of how good Sabonis is in the post. He said, it's interesting that when Sabonis posts up Drummond and Turner posts up Tony Snell on the same possession, they still throw it to Sabonis. That does not bode well for Turner's posting up. That's not exactly what he said, but something like that. It's like, yeah, okay, I see that. But also, like, Sabonis is that good in the post. Yeah. Shot 11 for 15. So I have one Sabonis thing I want to talk to you about, Adam. Okay. What is it? He was tired at the end of the game. Very exhausted, right? You saw that? Yeah, he played 36 minutes, though. Played 36 minutes, so I, I have a multiple-choice question for you. Yes. DeMontis Sabonis looking exhausted because, A, first game of the season. B, he is not used to playing this many minutes. C, he went to India and China for FIBA this summer. Or D, a combination of the three. Can I, can I add an, an, an E? Ooh, yes. Because he spent a decent portion of the game guarding Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond, that's what I put this in. Will first said E Andre Drummond, so uh, that's funny. I mean, you know what I mean. He has spent a lot of time. He first of all, he spent a lot more time guarding the perimeter than he's ever done, and then he yep. spent the other time within the perimeter. He was guarding the best player on the court in this game. All right, yeah, yeah. So that's why the Pistons won, right? We have to, we have to do this now. You want to take yeah. a break and then talk Drummond? Um, yeah, let's take a break and then we'll talk. We'll talk Drummond, and then we'll also do some some overreactions. Today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. This time of year, there's football, baseball, basketball, all kinds of betting to be 
whether it's games, whether it's parlays, whether it's futures, mybookie.ag is the place to go. Let's say you want to put a parlay of the Nationals World Series win, the Colts beating the Denver Broncos on Sunday, and the Pacers winning their first game of the season against the Cleveland Cavaliers. All pretty good bets. The place to go place that wager is mybookie.ag. If you use the promo code locked on, mybookie.ag will match your first $1,000 you put down. That's promo code locked on for a free $1,000 at mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. That's mybookie.ag, promo code locked on. Welcome back in the Locked On Pitchers podcast. So, yeah, Andre Drummond, uh, is he the MVP right now, frontrunner? <laughs> I think he might. No, Kyrie had 50 something. Oh, um, that's right. That's right. So, okay. no, but I mean, holy moly. Laz came on the show yesterday and jokingly said, oh, Drummond's going to start off with a 30 and 25 game. And I was like, haha. I mean, he does get a lot of rebounds against the Pacers, but he was damn close. He had 33, or excuse me, 32 and 23. And, you know, the be- the team with the best player won this game because Drummond was just ridiculous. Yeah. He was grabbing everything that came off the rim. I know he shot better from free throw last year, but if he's going to shoot that well from the free throw line. Yeah, my goodness. He's going to be at a level that, I mean, he might be the best center in the East this year, I guess. He was he was tremendous. And the fact that he could play 40 minutes, I mean, I feel bad for the Pistons because they have a back-to-back tomorrow, but. Man, the fact that he could play 40 minutes at that level was incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, he shot 60% the past years from the third line. If he's up to 70, the 75 range, which he's at obviously 80% today with 8 of 10, I mean, he's going to be scary. Yeah, Turner, Turner's block chance at uh, you can't make free throws or something like that. I don't think they've, uh, they've kept up with the Andre Drummond career cycle. He also made 8 of 10 in this game. So, uh, maybe that one didn't work yet. Yeah. I mean, I think the other guy to talk about is Luke Kennard. And hopefully – when they play them again, they'll focus more on them. I mean, I know we both kind of ignored it. You know, I, I have I have reconnaissance on that one. Okay. So, Jay Michael, uh, very good X's and O's guy for a beat writer. He is tremendous at it. He was talking about an action that kept getting Kennard open. You know, that he had that same kind of kind of lane line extended three, like three times in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, is a screen, a screener play. And Jay Michael kept asking guys about it. And he asked Brogdon about it. And he said they, they – they had that play in their game plan as like a play to keep an eye on and they knew what to do and they just did not execute. So they knew that Kennard would get this shot or they would try to hunt the shot for Kennard and they, he just still was burying them and running the play perfectly. Yeah. I mean, this might be not great to say, but I mean, it, because people might, might believe it, but it's amazing when you put a good coach with some good, with like a guy like Kennard's level to shoot threes, how they can make this stuff yeah, happen. Like Dwayne Casey's he's a good like, coach. Dwayne Casey's uh, a good coach. I mean, considering who they had before, <laughs> For Kennard, not that, not that I like, I liked Van Gundy. Yeah, he's, I like Van Gundy. He's not a modern coach, to put it that way. He's not as good as Casey. Casey, uh, Derek Rose gets a, a, a nod too. He didn't miss a shot in the first half, and he, you know, Brogdon, I, I think played great defense in the second half, especially. But I think Derek Rose is showing that speed is the way to beat Brogdon. He's, he's not particularly quick, uh, even though his defense was still tremendous. But yeah, Rose had a great first half and uh, had the Pistons in it, which ended up, ended up mattering quite a bit. Yeah, one more question for you before we do overreaction. So, do you think there's a chance that either Kennard or Rose could be starting for this team by Monday? No. Okay. I'm not, I'm not no. sure who – Kennard I could maybe. Bruce Brown's defense is so good. You think like, it's too good like, even, yeah, it. it's like a balanced thing, right? Because, like, like, this is weird and a bad comparison because these teams play differently. But like, and Jeremy Lamb's the fifth option, but Jeremy Lamb's good with the ball in his hands. So, he's kind of, like, not being wasted with the starters, but it's just kind of awkward because it's harder to get him the ball. Right. 
I, I guess both Rose and Kennard play, or play more minutes than both Jackson and Marquise Morris, so it doesn't really matter who starts. Yeah. Like, so and so Bruce Brown's just like the perfect fifth guy to me because he doesn't take, he doesn't need shots. He's yeah, just I mean, the question is, could, could they go real small? But they are going small without Blake, so yeah, they're probably. Yeah. yeah. So okay. yeah, the, we haven't talked about Warren or Lamb yet. Do you want to do that? Um, Actually, yeah, we have a lot I mean, to talk about still, man. <laughs> we, we have a lot to cut through here. Well, I was. I was going to put some of that in my overreaction stuff, but but can you give a quick – do you hear any injury update on Warren? I, seem I did. I tweeted both of them. Apparently, Adam doesn't care about the things I have to say. Nate McMillan said oh x-rays God, negative. You are the worst. <laughs> Nate McMillan with the uh, x-rays negative uh, for Warren. That's good. And then in the locker room himself, Warren basically said he expects to be ready come Saturday. So. Okay, I, maybe we'll miss one game, but I uh, I don't think it will keep. Right, it. Just has a bruise in the hip. It's probably he landed real hard though. That was in the wild. Yeah, if you watch the replay, he luckily put his hands down and kind of slid forward at the last minute, so he didn't like put too much pressure. Like I was watching it, he didn't like fall on a body part as hard as he could have. And then Lamb uh, kind of figured it out in the fourth quarter, but he had for the first three quarters of the game, there were many times where I was like, oh yeah, Jeremy Lamb's in the game. Like I kind of forgot he was there him and him and bruce brown really canceled each other out they were just there yeah um i yeah i i thought he really struggled to start like just this just was like not in the I right think spot be better with the bench and getting more touches yeah and he just took he took he kind of became a, he hit the first couple of the game too for the team so both warren and lamb i think it's going to be kind of figuring it out i thought warren would have a better start but i, I mean it's been one game so it's yeah warren did okay um just the shot wasn't falling. I mean, they weren't bad shots. None of none of his twelve shots were bad shots. They just recorded. Can I can I do an overreaction that will let us talk about some other players? Yeah, we gotta talk about the bench. Well, yeah. So my first overreaction is Leaf and Holiday may not even make it to playing ten minutes a game this year. Oh, Holiday was bad. Aaron, that is Aaron. Well, Justin wasn't at too good. No, either. but Justin Holiday was the least competent for like at times. Aaron, for sure. <laughs> Aaron uh, took six shots in six minutes, missed every single one. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yikes! Yeah, I, I, I'm. They don't. So they don't have a first round pick next year or a second round, right? And they trade both. Picks. No, they. So it's funny because the way their pick is protected with the Nets and the Bucks are opposites. So if they make the playoffs, they only have a second round pick, and if they miss the playoffs, they only have a first round pick. Okay, so whatever. So they have, but they don't have a first round pick probably next year. If we're just, I don't have a first round pick. So next year, that means they will two of them get another young player. Luckily, if Sumner makes a leap, that's a young player that kind of replaces Boom. the miss for one of the. But if both Leaf and Holiday are going to be this bad, which there's some signs that we kind of saw in preseason, but there's some signs they just might not Leaf be. Leaf didn't play enough for me to assess anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I just thought, you know, we saw some of us in preseason, right? Holiday wasn't really playing. No. Right, he's playing, what, the third guard off the bench a lot of times? and I, I do not like TJ McConnell's game. I just don't. But he's, just, he's been better. He's just been better. Well, he's just – I think I tweeted he's just like a just good enough player not to screw things up. Yeah, that was good. Um, so it's like it's like the same as last year. Except I, I think the talent gap is different. We're like no one wanted Wesley Matthews because they wanted Sumner to play. It's like this is the same thing with McConnell Holiday. Except I think McConnell is close or very close in skill level to McConnell, whereas obviously Sumner and Matthews were not last year. Um, so I think Holiday should play more for development reasons. But if Nate's going to be Nate and go for wins, he's going to play McConnell, uh, who's been the better player so far. Yeah, and hope, hopefully it motivates Holiday. Which, but if Holiday's this bad, I think Holy we're Holy moly, look, man. Some of those misses were just terrible. But I think we're going to look back in hindsight. I know we have Brogdon now, but we're going to look back in hindsight and say, why did I not get Mike Conley for Aaron Holiday sitting there in, what, January? Yeah. 
I mean, that's this. It can be this bad. I don't know if he can be a that, my. So I wrote a, an article. It's pretty long, so I don't know how many people read it. But I, I picked a stat for every player to watch for this season, and my holiday one felt stupid because I chose shooting percentage. You know, for every other guy, it was something like intricate or specific. And holiday, I just said the problem with Aaron Holiday a lot of the time is he has games like this. He had so he he had 32 games last year, Adam, where he played. 10 or more minutes, right? Enough time to actually shoot the ball a significant number of times. Although tonight he showed that maybe it's lower than that. And in seven of those games, he took nine or more shots and only made one or fewer. That's terrible. Like yeah. I think you, you can't have those games where you're off and you just keep chucking. And he did it in six minutes in this game. Yeah. That just can't happen. Yeah. He will not be playing very much. And the I thought selection Leaf, has to be better. I don't know if Leaf is still hurt or whatnot, but I thought Leaf just looked like the player we all thought he was going to be, which is a good sign. He was just sort of there. <laughs> yeah, that's the player I thought he'd be. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have no positive. I'm not saying anything negative about him. Just there isn't necessarily bad. He was just, he just existed for three minutes in the game. Um, do you have any overreactions or no? I know you don't like any to take overreactions. Not, not. Uh, I'm bad at overreactions. You know that. I know you don't um, like doing, you don't like hyperbole. I mean, my my Sumner hyperbole of loving the dude is just going to be off the charts. That first half was something else. Yes. But, I mean, that, 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 that back-to-back steals play with the dunk in the middle, and then uh, I think Miles Turner had a shot in there, too. That stretch was the loudest BLF was all night. Like, it was, it was awesome. I mean, yeah, he just – he was his speed, man. I, I do have an – I have not a reaction, but a, a question for you. Yeah. Can we make a, a 40-50-90 club? Because that's what Brogdon is this year right now. 40-50-90. Wouldn't Turner and Sabonis be – no, Turner would be in that, though. Yeah, I think – so I think if I'm going to overreact, I'm going to say that the, the – the, you know, we, we talk about the Pacers' depth all the time because they have all these log jams, but, like, they just have a lot of capable players, but none of their bench players are particularly good because yeah. their bench was bad in this game. Yeah, so I think – I'll give you one point on my overreaction that kind of this. I think part of it is we underestimate that having to play Lamb at, start, at the starting – Two guard spot screws up the bench a ton. Right, right. Really meant that, to be that player. That's what's talked about a lot. I think Nate Duncan knocked this into my brain. You know, Vic's hurt. Okay, Lamb steps in as a starter. Okay, you know, Lamb's a capable player. Good. They they plug the hole with Vic, right? No, because now the bench is yeah. where the the hole is where Lamb comes out of. Well, yeah. and you you clearly saw it. Lamb showed against some of the starting right. who were right. being guarded by, but probably if he was being guarded by a Luke Kennard level player, <laughs> yeah, he'd be killing yeah. out there. I mean, that's the difference. And they needed that steady hand, create his own shot kind of guy. They didn't really have that with the second unit. Like the, the, the outside, even McConnell, who had three assists, like no one else on the second unit was really creating. In fact, nobody at all was. They had like 11 assists and five turnovers. That's just not very good. Yeah. So my other reaction is it's going to take about a month for the chemistry to figure itself out. I mean, they're at least, I mean, they, they, they clearly. Yeah, Turner's a bonus habit. Brogdon kind of has it with those two, but outside of that kind of three, three high, the three high IQ guys they have. Yeah, outside of those three guys, it's okay. just a little off. Warren seems a little off. I mean, he didn't. Warren shoot. and Lamar ran into each other twice on defense. Yeah, and I mean, right now I'm willing to chalk that up to just first game together, figuring it out, whatnot. But at some point, it's gonna be like, well, maybe it's because these two guys are not like high IQ players because they're playing on terrible teams for the better part of the last three or four years. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I I'm bad at hot takes. I don't know. I just there was just a lot of interesting things that happened in this game, and going eleven deep with different rotations in both halves was interesting. Just so interesting to me. They only had, they had a nine man rotation in the second half, 
And the bench in the second half was Sumner, Justin Holiday, Doug McDermott, TJ McConnell, which is probably given the roster that the best four they have off the bench, I think. Well, and I, and I think we saw it too. They clearly are going to try to play one of the most with the bench guys to give them enough yeah. offense or something, at least enough. Yeah, Mc, McDermott did okay. You know, he, he, if he, basically his good or bad game is does he do the thing he's asked to do? And he had two of his three threes. And you know, Justin Holiday was like Leaf was kind of just there, but not, not in a bad way, you know. Yeah, yeah, we thought Sumner was good and McConnell was fine. You know, those guys, the 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 more vet, crazy, the veterans on the bench were okay, and the kids were bad. And so put together, have, they were bad units. I have another overreaction. If you don't have one, okay, yeah, I don't have another one. Okay, so um, I'm worried the bonus is going to be in foul trouble the entire year. Yeah, uh, that was my that was my stat for him. Was his foul rate? It's, you know, he already fouled a lot guarding the interior. Now he's guarding the perimeter. Of course he's going to foul a lot. He's not good at that yet. Yeah. And, well, and if he does get in foul trouble, I mean, he's the reason trying to play 38 minutes and had to play almost that whole fourth quarter, basically. Um, and I don't know if that's script everybody's missed the whole game, but, yeah, I, it, it's, I don't care if he has, if he's averaging three fouls a game, but when he gets to five, it's concerning. And especially because of yeah, that he is, it's, it's going to affect this team in the long run. The, the Pacers were in the lead in the fourth, and then Sabonis got his fifth foul. I forget what happened. It was, it was actually a good play by the Pistons to, to fake target him, and he had fouled. Anyway. Um, well, he's got to learn when to give up on certain plays. Tunes a lot of time. Yeah, I know. When he got the fifth – you know, there was like six and a half minutes to go, and they just gotten all the starters back in. And they was like, I can't. You know, if you lose Sabonis the rest of the game, that's just changing things. So he brought in Sumner for like a minute and a half. And then the, Jeremy Lamb had a three-point play, which put the Pacers up three. And then by the time uh, Sumner came out, they were down by four, right? It just it didn't work at all. Sabonis came in. They're already losing. They're playing from behind. They never come back. So I think that one and a, one and a half to two-minute stretch really threw off the rhythm of the, that group and the rotation pattern and that was it yeah and to be honest i don't think sponsors fouls all came with the perimeter i think he had a couple ones where he bit no no, no. That, yeah I, you're right. like he could have just not had you know what i mean like i get like he's gonna get two or three for just because you can't sit in front of a guy you know what'll help him a lot if what? he doesn't get caught for illegal screens yes that or doesn't <laughs> if drummond beats him and tries to like make up for it when he has four fouls in the fourth quarter like just don't just Stop. let him dunk the ball and move on and you're only down two points that ever because and make a play on the offensive side of the court. Just, yeah. you got Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just experience and kind of, because I think for the past three years, Sabonis really hasn't been like as vital when he's on the court. I mean, he's been important. I mean, wrong to the Pacers success, especially last year, but like he's vital to this team winning any games. I mean, if he's on the, if he's not on the court, this team will lose games because he's going to be there. Probably number two, play more turners slash three option on the offense, at least. Yeah. Minimum. I'm with you. So he's got I a- am with you there. Um, Any more yeah, reactions? They, they, they play the same game, and Kennard doesn't shoot ridiculously from three, and they may probably win. But yeah, and, they, and honestly, they have to they they had to extend that fourth quarter lead, a third quarter lead, a little bit more because they they really yeah. ran him off the court in the third quarter. It felt like they were and, up what like eight or nine, I think, at one point there. Yeah, then right towards the end, the bench gave it away, so they had to do a better job of that. Uh, they 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 had it up to nine. That was correct, but then it yeah. tumbled away. It felt like for a few minutes they were going to kind of run him off the court and win by fifteen. To be honest, yeah. I kind of thought so too. But blomp. Any anything else? Any other players we need to like really hit on? I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll be doing Not, a good thing on Sunday when we actually watch Friday's game. I think we talked about everybody. Yeah. Especially, you know, Warren's gonna be healthy. Cavs aren't as good. <laughs> um 
Yeah, I, I think the only thing that I'm gonna, I mean, there's a lot to obviously watch, like specifically, but I think my only general thing to watch going forward is just the bench rotation because A, McMillan said it might change game to game as they try to figure stuff out, and B, you know, I think they might have to look in the mirror and go, okay, 11 guys was too many, or you didn't figure that out. Yeah, there wasn't enough chemistry and enough consistency at times. You need just some guys who play together for yep. it to work. But um, yeah. So let's take one more break. On the other side, we'll discuss some injury news. Welcome back in the Locked on Pacers podcast. All right, so we did it earlier, but it sounds like Warren and Lamb. Lamb pretty much played through a hip injury. It seemed like for most of the game, he, I don't know if he re-aggravated it in the first quarter or whatever, but he played 26 minutes, so he seemed fine. And Warren, as Tony said, uh, thought he would play at least if by, would play at least by Saturday. If not, would maybe miss that game and play. Here's, here's my addendum to that: is uh, they usually don't let you talk to players who are injured, and they let us talk to Warren. Yeah, to Warren, it probably was a hard probably fall. Funny. He'll have a bruise on his hip. Hopefully, it didn't sound like anything was broken from what JJ uh, said on the sidelines. So that's a good sign. But the other player, obviously, the big injury. Uh, there was some news. Tony and I were debating whether this is what Milam said was this, but according to Greg Doyle and according to the recording Tony played from before the podcast, Milan <laughs> hinted at that Vic is going to practice five on five every other practice for the next month, and yep. then we'll sort of reevaluate what they want to do with him. And it sounded like Vic said that kind of at the second quarter when he was on the broadcast too. Probably going to be doing that for a lot this while he's out. I don't know if that's like a regular thing or whatnot. Um, so it sounds yeah. like he's making progress towards getting back, but it's still a ways away. It seems like, yeah, I think that was a good assessment. Um, what McMillan is saying is I think they're going to keep going with this every other day for a bit and kind of keep evaluating where he's at, how he's feeling, how much more he can do, you know, at every practice, maybe ramp him up, maybe, you know, go to every day. I, I don't really know what that entails. I mean, they, they've been so secretive with all this. And then in a month, they'll really hit the trainers and say, okay, can we do a full practice? How close are we to game? Stuff like that. Which makes sense, right? So we, I think at some point there's a report that it was kind of interesting for an early December timeline, maybe. December, January. Yeah. yeah. So if you think put a month from now, puts him at basically late Thanksgiving, give or take a day or two, yeah. which then puts him around, you know, if he's going five on five for about two weeks after that, it puts him for like a right before Christmas. Yeah, if he's full, if he's full practicing, or whatever, whatever the NFL calls it, limited capacity, whatever. Um, after Thanksgiving, yeah, you know, maybe two or three weeks from then he'll be in game. So yeah, Christmas time, yeah, good, 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 good assessment. Yeah, that was um, that was the first time they've really like explained the the upcoming steps for him instead of just saying you know he felt good. Here's what he did. So it's good to know that that Vic could come back. He talked uh, in a beautiful suit. He he spoke before the games. Yes, and so the thing now too is. The reason there hasn't been a lot of timeline discussions is because nobody's because now the people be asking every single day, right? So like, because yeah. they have to do media, or whatever, maybe not every day, but every other day, or every game day, they will be maybe will be asked a ton. Yeah. So he'll be at, and question a lot. So we'll get little more updates. You know, somebody let something slip. Oh, we're thinking this, or you know what I mean? Yep. And Vic might have to answer questions every day. So this there'll be there'll be some. We'll probably get some more news. I would say probably in two weeks that was sort of give us a better idea of when he'll play. But for now, I guess to make making progress, he seems to not be, at least he sounded like he's kind of over the, the worry of re-injury hump kind of thing. I'm going to say time. something kind of dumb. Yeah. Can I, do that? I don't know. I don't get what the step is after five on five. Um, 
Like what can, if you're playing, okay, I kind of know. Hang on. I'm going to step back. I think what he's playing right now is five on five half court, not full court. Yeah, I think you're right. So I think, I think the next step I'll play our quotes there is that is like a real, like they are going back and forth scrimmage, but like five on five seems so close to me. Like what is after that? That's what a game is. Yeah, but for someone he hasn't played a, a basketball game in what now? Well, not, right, I get getting in shape and all that, but that's what the point of playing five on five is to do, right? Yeah, but test your body and get in shape. Yeah, but I, don't know, so, I, I said it'd be something dumb. I've got to be missing something huge here. So think 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 about this. I mean, you can take you can add in the Olympics for Turner's bones, but like they they report a camp what September twentieth, give or take. Let's say. Yeah. So yeah. you do five on five for a month before the season month. starts, okay. correct? All right. Yeah, you Just get, get into game shape and ready to go. Now, obviously, guys have been playing all summer. So some guys come in better than others, especially now in the NBA. Most guys come into the camp in shape. Used to be you had to actually like – Especially if he's going every other day where they went every day. Yeah. So that means he hasn't – and he's done that for nine months. So really right. – He's probably so. This is like kind of just you gotta like you gotta do that month even just get to a point where you can kind of play, and then you gotta probably spend three weeks playing every day because that means then you can really get in shape now. And then it's also you know you want to be extra extra careful, so you're sort of like you know press for a week and then take a day off and evaluate how the knee does if it's does it swell up whatever you know all this stuff. So I I, I get why it's taking so long. I mean it's it's a precautionary thing. It's you don't want to rush him back obviously, especially because not like necessary necessary right now you still want to contract for this year so it's not like you need him immediately and honestly you want him to be pain-free because a pain-free Vic is probably somebody who can do a lot more damage than a kind of hobble Vic even last year as we saw yeah yeah I think you're right I just think I said a dumb thing I didn't think it through well I know it's every other day it's just it's just odd to me that there's like more steps but from five on high to playing but yeah, that's encouraging news. I mean, that's 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 how the injury game works, especially for especially in a sport where conditioning is critical. Like, for those who've been listening to the show for a long time, we we have good Pacers analysis, but our injury analysis, yeah. specifically mine, is horrible. Well, like <laughs> I think too, it comes different sports, right? So, like for football, you're only playing, and you can only you also can only you can play limited plays, so that can kind of change. Yeah, you play it for like four seconds every minute, right? And basketball is continuous action. I mean, basketball is very similar to hockey in that way, where continuous where like it's but like even baseball right you're really only like if you've got a hurt ankle you can probably still hit and you just dh or whatever or, you know what i mean things like that yeah i mean didn't like i think what was it in the money ball was it a uh, scott harrison or something like that had like a torn out elbows he couldn't throw the balls they put him at first base he could still hit just fine right so, i mean it's just basketball is one of the more uh that's why i think there's some of the best athletes are in basketball because it's just a more condition heavy sport yeah i mean i think i think if back you look at, the whole time Look at some of the what are those called the 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 running stats like per game they I forget there's a name for them they like you saw a player runs like usually two to three miles per game yeah Which, well, more than that I think I thought it was like two two something was the it was like the high end but I I this way I barely can run two miles so I mean just imagine <laughs> trying to do that on a knee that's no and the difference is they're sprinting they're sprinting yeah and imagine doing that on a knee that was popped out of place pretty much like, here's how we're gonna end this pacers discussion me and my friends talk about this all the time like it's really funny to ask people who aren't athletes like when's the last time you were at a full sprint you remember the last time you were at a dead sprint uh, <laughs> okay no. let's see no let's one see. remembers the last no time no see i've 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 got it my dog sprinted out of my house and was taking off and i had a full sprint runner <laughs> down it was probably for a good That's 12 a good seconds I dove and I grabbed her by her like waist to pull her back in. That was the last time. That's probably. But I have I have no idea. 
I literally cannot think of the last time I was at a dead sprint. My 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 dog is I had to be drinking fast. Second's aim small and low to the ground, so she's pretty hard to grab. So like, she takes off, but she has small legs. Isn't that, isn't that the most random thing, you know, like people run no. and jog and whatever, but no one remembers. The last no, I mean, even when I play basketball, I mean, I played basketball in a little while, but like it was all half court most of the time. Oh yeah, no, I don't sport, sprint. So. I don't. I don't sprint and pick up games. I'm a chump. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't played high school sports in probably six years so. I, pl- I play with uh with um an al jefferson like lethargic style <laughs> i can imagine the game you play because you're you're like what six two six three i can imagine the way you play. wow that is uh taller than i actually am but i will take it what are you six one then yeah a little over six feet okay i'm five seven so I- if aaron holiday was like bald like had short hair that you know that i'm five seven so i can't even like <laughs> i have no depth of how tall people are once they get above hey, my- thomas made the nba don't don't complain yeah. Anyways, we're kind of getting off topic. Uh, as you guys will find out during the season, this is kind of how the, these podcasts end. Me and Tony kind of go off the rails on who knows what. Yeah, um, well, no, what really happens is uh, we don't have both of us for games. This is probably the only game we'll have both of us, right? Yeah. Happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know that one year we did the PG return game, but I don't think anything this yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. It's very rare we both do it, unless it's like a fourth quarter analysis game. Yeah, Sunday games sometimes we do. Sunday games sometimes, yes. Won't, those games don't happen until like next, next after football season ends. Right. So. Um, but that won't happen this week. So uh, Adam will talk Cavs either Friday or Saturday. I have no idea. Um, and then we will be back Sunday to talk about that game, but it'll come, go up Monday, right? There's no point of rushing it out to talk Cavs. So yeah that you will see how it normally goes i know most of you know but you will see how it normally goes next week yeah usually we're about five five days a week sometimes we're not every day sometimes we do a saturday podcast or whatever sunday podcast depending on when the games it's are always five it's not a consistent what the days are yeah except there's some holidays that we'll warn you when the holidays come why there might be three podcasts one week. yeah it, it's gonna be six this week so yes because the sabonis news um sabonis, who played very well yes our today. our give or take $37 million center duo had 52 points. So it like yeah, my goodness. Um, yeah. So like, like Tony said, I will be back tomorrow with a Cavs preview. And Tony, I'll be back early next week with a weekly show. Once again, as always, you can follow locked on Pacers podcast at locked on Pacers. I know that's pretty easy. Go follow Tony at Teast NBA, me at free madam five. Uh, as always give us five star reviews on wherever you listen to this podcast. And we will see you guys again tomorrow.